Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Week three is in the bag, so we will be looking back at all of those games and we'll be asking... I've forgotten what we're going to ask, but we're going to ask it anyway. What are they for the 1-2 and two and the 2-1 and one teams? Are they legit for the 3-0s? and o's? And I got vetoed for a, for a way I wanted to call this particular section, but the coach is on the hot seat. This is The Gridiron Show. Welcome along to the Gridiron Show. Ollie Hunter in the studio. Willie Gavin down the line. Not down the line, but in, you know, in, his, uh, in his pants, in his bedroom. Who knows where he is, but he's at home. But we are together. Reunited. Reunited. Hello, Willie. I've, sh- I've been stripping wallpaper. That's what I've been doing. We're, uh, we're looking to move at the moment. It's all kind of, it's gone very naught to 60 very quickly. Wow. And uh, they gave they gave us a couple of pointers of things that they thought we should fix before we start having like viewings of the house. And they were like, you know, they were like, these are the two things that you really need to like get in a good state. And then everything else is kind of you could repaint that bit of wall if you wanted to. Like it might affect the saleability to someone, but anyone realistic will come in and look at it and go, yeah, but we could just do that. That's fine. That's not a problem. Um, but yeah, I've been stripping wallpaper. I've been taking stuff out of the loft. I've been, wow. you know, just being a good domestic boy. Wow. Are you getting rid of that funky wallpaper in the uh, the stairway area? I mean, that's terrible, terrible wallpaper. But I mean, it's uh, kind of funky. Yeah. Uh, we're, I'm it just terrible. That wallpaper up. <laughs> um, I'm not touching that wallpaper. It's just in the back room where when we first moved in, the guy had glued a bookcase to the wall so it didn't fall on his small children, but glued it to the wall instead of screwing it to the wall. A big chunk of wallpaper came away when I moved it, and I never bothered fixing it. That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. So, yeah, I'm not in my pants. Uh, imagine me in, in a pair of coveralls and work boots, which I'm definitely not in any way, shape or form. Have you got a tool belt? Uh, no, I don't actually. All right, okay. Well, it's tool a tool belt where my my fat belly just sags over the front of it. <laughs> I uh, I'd imagine you'd wear the tool belt like a WWE um, kind of wrestling belt. What, over the shoulder? Yeah, just over the shoulder. Love that. Yeah. Um, the uh, my two worlds collided this week. We're not my only two worlds, but you obviously know that I love the graps and I love my NFL. I'm sorry. Well, I, the, sorry, I was like, I didn't see you this week. My three and O. San Francisco 49ers turned up on WWE SmackDown. What? Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, George Kittle, Dante Pettis, and Garrett Selleck sat in the front row doing a little celebrate because it was from the new Chase Center, the new home of the uh, the Golden State Warriors on Monday and Tuesday. And um, these, these are the sort of things that could only happen when you're a 3-0 and team. You can't do this if you're 0-3. No. Like... Uh, George Kittle ended up during one of the little sections where they cut uh, the commentators like throwing to a video package or something. George Kittle just in the background sculled a beer far better than Aaron Rodgers could ever even imagine to do. Yeah. Uh, and then he was interviewed in a little backstage segment where he did an impression of The Rock. It was fantastic. I love him. He's the best tight end <laughs> in football. And he's a bit of a legend as well. He's like, imagine if Gronk was a uh, like not an irritating frat boy. Yeah. Like he's he's like Gronk, but like you'd actually like to go for a drink with him instead of him being a stereotype from a '90s high school movie. Oh, that's great! What a guy! What a what a what a person to have on your in your football team on your franchise. A guy you can really root for. 
Love you, him. Don't you have someone like that on the uh, on the defense as well? <laughs> we got lots of that like, on the defense. Yeah. Fred Warner yeah. and yeah. Uh, what, what about, yeah, we got what about maybe a first round uh, first round draft got, pick or something? I don't know who you're talking about, mate. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. How did the how did the stadium look? Very well, how did the stadium uh, look? I want to I want to know about the the new Warriors the stadium. Center. Yeah, stunning, absolutely stunning. It looks like an incredible building. So I'm really excited to get out there at some point next time we're out in San Francisco and go and see a Warriors game yeah. there. Because it's just a shame that the city of Oakland is having all of its sports teams ripped out of it. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, because we, we're three and zero, Ollie. Remind me what the Packers are. Uh, uh, let, let me think. Despite playing not very well for entire games, we are also three and zero. Love it, absolutely love it. Look, the fact is, is that not all three and zero teams are going to end the season in the playoffs, and not all zero and three teams are going to end the season as a top five pick. So we're going to look at each of the games from the weekend. We're going to rattle through it, try and do this in like half an hour or so, but we're just going to call whether we think each team is legit and maybe where they will finish based on what we've seen in the first three weeks. Um, and then we'll pre- quickly preview Thursday night football, Packers-Eagles, yeah? Yeah, let's do that. I'm, I love all of that. That all it sounds almost like there's been some pre-planning into this. Almost. <laughs> almost. We'll talk about the 0-3 teams, whether they've got... Uh, whether they're you know moist in the mansack, whether they're a little <laughs> bit warm, whether they're a little bit warm down south because of the hot seat, <laughs> whether they have sweaty balls. These were the things that I was alluding to in my in the opener when I kind of kind of fumbled around whether I should say sweaty balls or moist in the mansack. You said it again. What was the other? I thought, one? I, I thought once they, once each might be acceptable, but what was the other just, one? You rattled it off making pims in their mims, which made no <laughs> sense at all. Pims, I think I think we should adopt making. <laughs> Pims in their mims because <laughs> no because moist in the mansack is mims without the t so <laughs> mimps mimps is like saying maths it, it's it's a horrible word so, so it's so mims making pims in their mims so we'll be asking off those own three coaches who is making mim- pims in their mims. <laughs> God, this is horrible. I hate you so much. Well, and, no. I, and I love you in equal measure. Thanks, buddy. Uh, let's get into it then. Where do we want to start, well, Ollie Hunter? I, I think start with some three and O teams. I would have thought. Let's start with the three and O teams, and I think you should start with your San Francisco 49ers because wow. they are three and O. I did not expect this. I thought we were going to kick off with maybe talking about the the rookie quarterbacks coming in. That would have probably made some sense or something like that. But no, instead, we're kicking off talking about the 49ers 24. Let's get them out of the way. Over the Pittsburgh Steelers, it covers two because I think Mike Tomlin should be making pims in his mims because <laughs> the fact is is that there's no one who can catch the ball. They never let Mason Rudolph throw further than 10 yards in the air bar one occasion in which at what point it looked like he might stretch the field and then they gave away a turnover on literally the next play. Um, they the James Connor just doesn't look anything like James Connor. Their defense got a lot of turnovers in this game, you know, five turnovers. But for the 49ers to win a game where they coughed the ball up five times, and you have to say, with the two of the fumbles, maybe in fact, four, I'd say that four of them were on various members of the offense rather than great defensive plays mm. out of the five. Um, but the fact is, is that. Yeah, the 49ers get away with one in a game where, based on the actual quality of play from these two teams, if they hadn't turned the ball over five times, but say only twice, then they probably would have won this game by 20 plus points. Is there any worry that 
Jimmy Garoppolo seems to take a half to to get into it. No, I think that I think he's warm warming up to. I do obviously there were problems early on this week. He, it, his problem every week is he's made some great throws and then one or two boneheaded ones. He just needs to get a little bit more consistent. But I still believe that you know he's a. a a top 15 quarterback and that's what we need with a defense are good at the moment. So um, I think the three and 49ers are semi legit. I still, ima- I can still imagine a season where in a really tough NFC West, we don't make the playoffs or, or, you know, we end with a nine and seven or something like that. That wouldn't be the end of the world to me. It's a project. It's still a rebuild. You know, it gets them to a point where they can still have another, you know, another season to build this. I, I, maybe I should be more optimistic at 3-0, and but I'm just enjoying the ride at the moment. The first time the 49 has been 3-0 and since 1998. I think st- if you say that 9-7 and you'd be happy with after going 3-0, and I think you're tempering your expectations because that means that you're just over 500 for the rest of the season, 7-6 and for those that, uh, that struggle with maths. And look, I think now is the time to push on. You've got a bye week next week. Get everybody else try fit and healthy and and totally familiar with the playbook. As a three and O team, it's, sometimes it can be a good thing that you get your bye week now in week four because then you can really go hard after that. And look, I think the the forty nine is that defense. I love that secondary. You've got a pass rush now. I I think I think you're more than semi legit. I think you're three quarters legit. I'm I'm really excited right. about them. For rattling through, we've talked about this way too long. Yeah, Let's yeah, move yeah, on yeah. and talk about your three and O Green Bay Packers. Now they Which beat the gives Bur- us another opportunity to talk a three about a three and O and an O and three team. That's true, and we, but yeah, that is very true. Look, the, the Green Bay Packers they beat the Broncos twenty seven to sixteen in Lambeau. Uh, again, the the offense was unconvincing, and um, Aaron Rodgers has said this week that they need to quotes, and I'm doing those air quotes, play their part. Um, I don't know what's going on with the offense. There are I tried to bat it away last week with the with Matt LeFleur and, and Aaron Rodgers. There's clearly a disconnect there. Rodgers is getting rid of the ball way too quickly into the dirt while without allowing plays to develop. I wonder if he's been told to do that and he's making a point. It's all a bit weird, but that defense is absolutely legit. So much fun to watch. I, I believe that um, uh, Vic Fangio sadly should be making pims in his mims because Agreed. I'm re- I am concerned for him that for one of the best defensive coaches of the last 15, 20 years in the league, he is um, he's really struggling as a head coach and they've not they've still not got a sack. They've still not got a takeaway, despite the quality they have on the defensive side of the ball. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller have all the ability to be the best defensive pass rush tandem in the league. Uh, I think the move to head coach has really affected his ability to defensive play call. And Greg Rosenthal made the very valid point on their show that he's not. You know, he used he was used to be not on the sideline. He used to be up in the booth. That's where he coached from. That's where he called plays from. He's not there anymore. So I would be concerned if I am at the Denver Broncos and Vic Fangio for the possibility of going one and done. Uh, let's move on and talk about. Oh, uh, well, let's do another three and O facing an O and three team. I'm relatively sure this was the case this weekend. Yeah. Uh, oh no, yeah, the New England Patriots three yeah. and O beating the New York Jets zero and three. I will say that the New England Patriots 
the teams that they've faced, for as much as we're incredibly positive about them this year, the teams that they've faced are 0-9 at the moment. Uh, it couldn't be a better start to the season for them in terms of strength of schedule, considering that their toughest game was the Steelers and they have been an absolute dirt show. Um, but, you know, Tom Brady had some unbelievable... Like, the, he was sensational early on. They found lots of receivers. Maybe in the second half they could have done more and, and the fact that the Jets got the two defensive touchdowns. But they still haven't given up a touchdown... Their defense still hasn't given up a touchdown now in four mm-hmm. and a half games. That's ridiculous. Um, so, of course, they're legit. The Jets, Adam Gase might be one and done, but you feel almost a little bit sorry for him, even though I'm not a big fan, just because they've just been put in the most horrible of situations. However, it's been confirmed in the last couple of days that um, Sam Darnold has been cleared to do cardio, at least. So it's he's on the road to recovery with something like uh, mono or glandular fever, as us Brits should know it. Um, it can be a much longer recovery than that. If he's already doing cardio, then he's already well on the way. Just a, a, a quick note on these two teams from the division of disgrace. The Patriots not managing to cover the spread um, and allowing the Jets within 16 points. The two... Special teams touchdowns, or um, th- th- which happened, which resulted after Brady came out of the game. Then they had to put him back into the game. They, they, it's a shambles. That whole division is an absolute shambles. But New England getting it done with injuries to their offensive line, and you know you can, they are playing a terrible team. They are in a, the division of disgrace, but they're still they're still 3 and 0. So Pims in their mims for yeah, Gase but not, you know, Belichick. By the way, Belichick his behavior is getting worse and it's an embarrassment actually. Yeah, I, we we've talked about it a lot. Yeah. I don't want to talk yeah. about it anymore. Yeah. I'm genuinely angry at the situation. Uh two more teams in the AFC are 3 and 0 and one of them is only the bleeding Buffalo Bills. 21-17 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. They did let them back into the game a bit, but you know Josh Allen, despite the fact I still think he's got real accuracy problems, is putting together a, a decent, I don't know, a, a, he's put together a pretty a couple, a few really decent drives. The drive that got them into the one-yard touchdown from Frank Gore was a really, really good drive. Um, and the 0-3 Bengals, it's not like the Dolphins. They're not tanking. They're just not very good. Yeah, they're, they're trying really hard. But I think it might be harsh for Zach Taylor to be one and done. I think so as well. I think he's not. He's, he hasn't cut up the mint, and he hasn't put in the oranges or anything like that. The ice is still out of it. It's just some pim, pims on its own. It's not proper pims. I think he. I think he might be okay. Um, I quite like Josh Allen. He's considering cucumber, which makes him a dreadful person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I. I like Josh Allen. I think teams are wary of his prowess on his feet, and the Buffalo Bills without Devin Singletree, the 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 rookie, um, Frank Gore, getting in the end zone again, just amazing. A personal friend of mine, of course. Um, I, I, I like the Bills. The Bills are bucking the division of disgrace, but it's still the division of disgrace. Yeah, thanks to the Patriots. Screw you, Pats. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what about then the other only other team, the only other three and O team? It's amazing. It's taking us this long. There are two to others. Get some um, to. In the AFC. Oh, in the AFC. No, apologies, not. apologies. 
Yeah, don't give me that. In the AFC, it's amazing it's taken us this long to get to this game, and we've still not talked about the. Uh, uh, we've still not talked about Daniel Jones yet. How we've not talk- talked about Danny Dimes yet on this podcast is incredible, considering we're like 15, 20 minutes in or whatever. But the Kansas City Chiefs thirty-three, the Baltimore Ravens twenty-eight. Pat Mahomes incredible in the second quarter again, twenty-three straight points to open up a lead. The Ravens came in and hung in late, but it honestly really did feel like. It was hanging in the game. Mm. How did you feel about um, uh, about just how aggressive John Harbaugh was, consistently going for two points, even when they pulled it within 11? So going for one made sense because it became a field goal and a touchdown. Like they still went for two even in that situation. Do you know what? For such an experienced coach, I think he let the occasion get to him. I think he let Arrowhead get to him. It was loud. It was raucous. The, it was a sea of red. It was like when we went to Penn State and it, it, it was the, the whiteout game. It was a, a red game. And I think things got to him. He, I, didn't, he didn't crunch the numbers. He didn't do the maths. And... He should have gone for two. Absolutely should have gone to two. I was um I I really bigged up Lamar Jackson and before the game and he did still he got he got in for the score on his feet, but that Kansas City defense were absolutely brilliant. Snuffing out every passing opportunity. They held Matt, uh, Mark Ingram to just hundred and three yards. I, I thought I thought, Just 103 yards. I know off 16 attempts, but that was the only offense that they had. So they said, right, go on, yeah. Mark Ingram, you run, because we're going to... run every touchdown as well. Th- that's true, but Lamar Jackson, we're not going to give you any quarter. You're not going to get anything. All right, he didn't throw an interception, but Lamar Jackson was rattled. He was overthrowing. He was underthrowing. He wasn't making some of the easy throws. So... I thought I think massive props to that Kansas City defense and Kansas City are a very very fun team to watch and they're doing it without dreadful human being Tyreek Hill who is only going to make them stronger when he comes back. Uh, to the NFC, uh, are they legit? The Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Dallas Cowboys obviously winning 31-6 and eventually covering the spread in this game looks pretty good. They had a nightmare first half. Mm. Um, at halftime, Dak Prescott was struggling in a big, big way. But in the second half, they made adjustments. They came out and they absolutely ran over this Dolphins team. There was um, there was a, a moment in this game where it looked like the Dolphins might have a genuine chance of getting back in it when they were ten six down and they were and they were pressing and it was a Kenyon Drake turned the ball over in the red zone and you're just going nothing is going to go right for this team this year if they do indeed want to lose mm. if they do indeed want to win at all. Look, Dolphins absolutely. Pims in their mims. Not like unless there is some kind of agreement in place with um, uh, with Flores that they are fine to be terrible this year, and he will be given next year with Tour and with all those other pieces they'll get. And I think they should do that because he's got a lot of talent as a coach. The Cowboys that running game with Tony Pollard coming in and getting 103 yards on top of the one two five Zeke Elliott got. Of course they're legit, but this is just the wrong game to really judge it on. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm, I think um, I think actually that Prescott's legit, and maybe we'll do some legit QBs next week or something like that. But um, the way he came out in that second half, put aside that terrible first half, I was really impressed with that. And shh, don't don't say it too loudly; the Cowboys fans will be growing. What about this? And maybe um, uh, Flores could be making a lot of pims in his mims. 
What about this? Nick Saban, along with Tua, goes to the Dolphins next year. <laughs> and they're I mean it's, it's and they're it's thousands of and they're and they're thousands of um of, of first round draft picks. We've we've been banging on that Alabama and Clemson may be better than the Dolphins. It could happen. What it, 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 it may happen. You never know. It's, it's, it's the, t- it's the team he failed with. It's the team that he absolutely had his redemption in the NFL when he tried to do it 14 years ago. It it's a great story. I don't see it happening. Oh, it like man. it's in theory it's great, but I don't see it happening. I really don't. Okay, fair um, enough. The uh, uh, so the uh, the the other three and O team are the Los Angeles Rams. Yep. Um, where the Browns' offense is, I just have absolutely no idea. The offensive line is a mess, but Baker Mayfield has been holding on to the ball like you wouldn't believe, and they ended up leaning on Chubb in the end rather than Baker Mayfield late in the game. Um, it's amazing. The Rams are 3-0, and but in-game, they're actually off to quite a slow start. Like They're not running the ball particularly well. Outside of, kind of Cooper Cup, who's having a great game, who had a great week this week, they weren't phenomenal on offense, didn't quite pull it together. Defensively, yet they got a lot of sacks and they really got into the Browns' backfield. But how much of that is on the Browns and how much of that is on the talent they've got on the line? I don't know. I'm not convinced by this Rams team yet, and I'm definitely not convinced by this Browns team. I'm 100% not convinced by the Browns team. Um, the Rams, they're getting wins. I think they're showing a lot of last year... They've got a lot of savvy gained from the Super Bowl run last year. They they managed to to grind out the wins. They've got is he the second best defensive player in in the league or is he the first? Aaron Donald he's just an absolute wrecking ball. And when you can kind of pivot off everything that he does, you're managing to to get those wins. I want to ask you about the that fourth down play which Freddie Kitchens right at the end controversially. Ran. I can't even talk about it, Ollie. I honestly can't even talk about it. Unless he genuinely thought it was third down instead of fourth down. It's one of the worst play calls I've seen in a very, very long time. It was dreadful. It was never going to work. And the game was on the line. And it was fourth down. Blech. What are you doing, Kitchens? I think, I think the job's too big for him. Yeah. I really do. I think he is on the hottest of hot seats, despite the fact that they are not an 0-3 team. Yeah, not having it. Get him out. His balls are really sweaty. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) We're definitely going to get in trouble with Josh when he listens back to this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, Josh. There's only one one 0-3. Assuming he does listen to it. Maybe he doesn't bother. There's only one 0-3 team we've not talked about. And they played on Monday Night Football when the Chicago Bears beat the Washington uh, football team 31-15. And they did it by just being absolute monsters on defense Mm -hmm. and having enough. They've got five takeaways. 24 of their 31 points came off those takeaways. Like, I still don't... We're going to do a, what are they? Really, that's about Mitchell Trubisky. Because you know that I'm not convinced of him as a quarterback. He came out of this game with a pretty good-looking quarterback rating and a pretty good stat line, but not very many yards because he just kept being given short field. So the one throw to Taylor Gabriel that he made that yeah. um, with the toe-tapping touchdown was a brilliant throw. Everything else was just made too easy for him on the night. You kind of think 
that's the anomaly, isn't it? That's the first really, actually, truly brilliant throw we've seen in this season, in three games. So did he mean it? Was it luck? It was a fantastic catch. The catch and the toe tap and the feet down and squeezing in past the pylon, all of that brilliant from Gabriel. Gabriel, who had an incredible day as well. But how much of that is on Trubitsky? Or was it a fluke and, and Gabriel managed to pull something out of the bag? I, I, well, it was a good throw. I think it was a really good throw. Um, I will say that I still don't understand what Matt Nagy's doing with his play calling, why he's not running the ball more than he currently is, and why David Montgomery basically wasn't used much until towards the end of the game. And yes, he was used at the end of the game and uh, and ran down the time, and that was you know the, the job he was asked to do. But he definitely looks like the best of of their running options there, and should be getting a lot more time. Any chance that uh, that Washington? Turn to Dwayne Haskins. Case Keenum had a couple of good games to start the season, but he struggled here. Are we just going to say he struggled against a brilliant defense? Or Well, I think you have to. The Chicago defense is the best defense that organization's had since the vaunted one in the mid-80s. Um, I, I don't think you can totally put it all on Case Keenum. I, I, I think you roll with him at another game I know Haskins was out of the he he wasn't suited up the the first two couple of games because of injury so um, yeah I think you you roll with Keenum you allow Haskins to get fully healthy and up to speed with the playbook and if Washington lose badly in the next couple of weeks again Haskins will come in um, oh I think oh, by Ollie. the way Gruden he may I don't no, definitely a lot of pims in his limbs not good enough not a good um, not a good enough head coach a bit like his brother he might not see the end of the season Gruden yeah. let alone be all the way to yeah oh I could see a pair of Grudens going no they're not going to sack John Gruden not before they go to Vegas that's why he's there yeah. um, oh excuse me well we are well, missing I at you I just I was up late watching uh watching George Kittle on Smackdown so uh, <laughs> that's apologies and you're 100% correct to do so we are missing a, a team that is that has a zero in their loss record the Lions the Detroit Lions <laughs> 27 to 24 winners they're obviously now 2-0-1 with that tie on the opening day um, they beat the Eagles I think this is a good segue into what are they because what are they for both of these teams uh, first of all, just for the Bears, next up is the Vikings at Soldier Field, which is a really intriguing game because oh, in there a, it is. NFC North, where you've got no team with less than two wins through the first three games. If the Bears lose another divisional game at home, they could end up finishing bottom of this division because the Lions, the Lions, what about this? The Lions are unbeaten through three games. Now they host the Chiefs next week. Um, <laughs> but we're not, like so that's going to be a, a potentially a different tale um, and Philadelphia that you said this is a what are they situation Philadelphia are two dropped catches away from being 3-0 and you know you've got players yeah. like JJ Ortega Whiteside as we're apparently meant to be say, calling him um, who the who with that catch with that not catch he has been on the field for a majority of offensive snaps and has something like two catches for 14 yards it's just not enough production from the wide receivers. They're the most banged up team at this stage of the season that we've seen in quite a while. Their run game you still can't figure out, although Miles Sanders had a few 
really good plays, both in the air and on the ground, and then fumbled the ball. Honestly, Carson Wentz is playing, and I, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, Carson Wentz, as an individual, is playing an MVP level since the third quarter of week one. Everyone around him is letting him down. You know, his left tackle went out of this game as well. I just, uh, Jason Peters, I just, I feel like the Eagles should turn this around because they are too good to not. But I don't want to take away from the Lions. The defence uh, and the play calling from Matt Patricia, I think, has been really impressive. Um, they're, they're yet to really have a star on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Marvin Jones having a good game, who I know you're a big fan of. But, you know, it, they just they just do enough. The Lions defence do enough. The Lions offence do enough. And sometimes that is enough. Yeah, and Matt Patricia's... I think growing into the role now of of that head coach and um, the Lions, I think people should be wary of because they will grind out these these results against teams that potentially are better than them across the board. But good coaching is there? A, I know you said that it's the two drops you had Aguilar um, in there. Was it last week and Arcega Whiteside? I can't say Arcega. I can't. I I, I mean, come on, you're from the guy who corrects everyone's pronunciation all yeah. the time if it's Portuguese, it's apparently a Spanish name, so it's Athega. But is it us? It depends where he's from, isn't it? Not all not all C's are thus, are they? Well, he said to people it's Athega. So oh, okay. Know. If he said it, I'll see the white side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, you're hanging around with Adrian Durham too much, boy. Is there any, is there any issue on... on Doug Peterson. I don't think so, but no. I do. Th- I do think it does look increasingly like that Super Bowl win was on Frank Reich more than it was on uh, on Doug Peterson, as we will talk about with the Colts coming up. Um, you know, and on there, the assistants and the and the coaching staff there as a whole, rather than his individual brilliance. Um, look, we've gone too deep into this podcast, Ollie, without talking about the New York Giants. Welcome back to football relevancy because for the first time in well what eight years seven years you've become a relevant football team again Eli Manning has been so statuesque in that pocket basically since the last Super Bowl victory that your offenses even though you've had the likes of Odell Beckham have been stale and some could argue that you've wasted the prime career of players like Odell Beckham it was amazing Connor Raw on the um, in the MMQB made a brilliant comparison do you remember that YouTube video in like the early days of YouTube the uh, the evolution of dance where the guy does like all the dance moves through the years in like one little compilation yeah yeah went viral this watching this Giants offense was like watching the evolution of dance because it was like all of these all of these offensive things that have been uh, brought into the NFL over the last 10 to 12 years from read option plays to um to RPOs to like designed runs for the quarterback to just to doing like various different interesting things with your receiver which require your your quarterback to be more mobile it's like they suddenly were like oh my god what is this? We can call these plays. And they actually were. <laughs> Daniel Jones had a phenomenal, phenomenal debut. Two throw, t- two thrown touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns um, against the Buccaneers defense, which has not been bad for a one and two team where Todd Bowles has been calling it well, where they've got a guy on their team with eight, eight sacks, eight sacks. 
Shaq Barrett has more has eight sacks more than the Denver Broncos, the team that he left at the end of last year. Of course, after he left the Denver Broncos, I dropped him in our dynasty league, yep. IDP. But there we go. I, honestly, I really, really genuinely want to watch the Giants next week. And that's the first time I feel like I've been able to say that for years. No Saquon Barkley, though. No Saquon Barkley, but isn't it impressive that he came back? He came back from an 18-point deficit, which, by the way, Eli Manning, in such situations, is 0-44 in his career, went 18 points or more down, and he did it without Saquon Barkley. They probably won't be more than a five-win team this year, a four-win team this year, whatever it ends up being, but they're going to be more interesting to watch, they're going to be more fun to watch, and when Saquon comes back, that offense might actually be good. Two teams that are really fun to watch, actually. Buccaneers on offense Jameis Winston and Mike Evans had a really great connection Evans 190 yards three touchdowns Ronald Jones looks good running the ball um, it's just it came down to that last kick that that um, delay of game penalty that brought the ball back another five yards the, the I think it's Matt Gay the kicker missed the field goal after the game Bruce Arians said well I think it's easier from five yards back um, which is think, obviously absolutely He's covering for someone there. Somebody's made a mistake, whether yeah. it's him or whether it's one of the assistants or somebody's allowed that to happen when they shouldn't have done and he's covering for them uh, and making excuses. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but it was, a, it was a, a thrilling game to watch. Really enjoyed it. And you don't often say that about games involving the New York Giants. No, exactly. Exactly. What a joy of a game it was. Best game of the week involved the New York Giants. I couldn't tell you the last time that that happened. Yeah in a legitimate football match. Um, uh, let's uh, let's just rattle through the last few games then. The Texans 27-20 win over the Chargers. Um, Deshaun Watson just was absolutely stunning uh, against that LA pass rush late in the game. Um, the, the number of times that he appeared to get absolutely swallowed and then kind of danced his way out of pressure and found whether it was Jordan Aikens on the 53-yard touchdown run or or DeAndre Hopkins. It was actually slowed down quite a lot on the game, which meant that Kenny Stills became available deep. Yeah. This game was all on Watson, whereas for the Chargers... Uh, I think, well, firstly, is this season playing into Melvin Gordon's hands a little bit? But... Holding calls, wiping points off the board, fumbles when they're in field goal range from their quarterback, giving up too many sacks. It's a talented team making too many basic errors. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it, it's the Chargers being chargery, quite frankly, isn't it? They're the, they're, oh. the Tottenham, they're the Tottenham Hotspur of the NFL. They've got a lot of talent, but they're just not quite getting over the line. Um, we, we have a friend, Bobby, who supports the Chargers and Spurs, and are just you've got to feel for the guy. Yeah, you, you have to feel for him. Uh, so we talk Vikings Raiders. <laughs> yeah, I'm delighted that uh, Gruden has been defeated yet again. These This Vikings team, they beat the Raiders 34-14. to um, Dalvin Cook currently is the best running back in football. Yeah. And I think I absolutely agree with that. He's so much fun to watch. It's it, he has an incredible he has incredible balance, vision, his cuts, his speed, um, his he's elusive. He's got everything that a running back needs to be to have to have longevity, to be successful, and to 
totally complement his offense. I love watching him play, and I think the Vikings, if they can keep him fit, which they weren't able to do the first two years of his NFL of his NFL career, and they could keep Cousins upright and not making poor decisions with that defense, they can do an awful lot of things in an already stacked division in the NFC North. Um, the Raiders are what they thought we were. Rubbish. The, the Raiders are averaging 305 yards on offense over the last two weeks in total. That's not good enough. Nope. Um, the Vikings, just a note for Alexander Mattison, who is this big bruising back uh, rookie who's coming in as the, the relief back almost was great. And Kirk Cousins, look, he was good in a great Vikings team, and that's all he needs to be. Just don't mess it up. Yeah. Don't mess it up. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts 27, the Atlanta Falcons 24, everything going right for the Colts in the first half and then holding on for the win. Jacoby Brissett, I think he was 14 for 14 at one point. Uh, everything was going absolutely brilliant for them. Um, they had a 93-yard touchdown drive, which was ridiculously good. Uh, just uh, Oh, and, and Vinicieri went two for two in field goals. It all kind of worked. Uh, and the Colts' defense held the Falcons... Uh, to just 152 yards and three points in the first half. Darius Leonard had his best game of the season. And yeah, they came back a bit in the second half, but you know, they, they, they held them off and it, good job by the Colts. Falcons couldn't do anything to stop the Colts. Um, Defence-wise, they were all over the shop, and especially Keanu Neal. He went out in, what was it, the second game last year, which left him sidelined for the whole season. He's now got a torn Achilles, which you'd expect him to be sidelined. Um, the strong safeties, so that's absolutely gutting for the Falcons and that defense, which has been very much maligned. And then from the Colts' side, Jacoby Brissett did all of this and 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 had a a strongish second half after Ty Hilton went out of the first from the first half, and he's got a quad injury. It's they're saying it's day to day. I should imagine that he suits up next week, but. Um, Colts are getting it done, and Jacoby Brissett, for $15 million a year, looks like a pretty good acquisition, um, and not just a guy that's keeping a seat warm for someone else. He looks like a, mid, a mid-tier quarterback, and that's better than uh, you know half the teams of the NFL have, obviously, because that's what makes it mid-tier. Do you think, Dan, <laughs> do you th- very quickly, do you think Dan Quinn may have some uh, pims in his mims? I do. I think he might do. I think he should be concerned. The coaching hasn't been good enough at Atlanta basically since they lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's, a, it's an interesting one to keep an eye on if they don't turn this around this season. Uh, sticking with that NFC South, which is so difficult to predict, the Carolina Panthers 38, the Arizona Cardinals 20. <laughs> Kyle Allen now has more touchdowns in one game than Cam Newton has in his last four regular season starts. Uh, he started the game, Chandler Jones strip sack on his opening drive. His former college teammate, Kyler Murray, then leads the Cardinals to a 7-0 and lead. And you're going, oh, this is going to be rough. I'm not suggesting that there's a quarterback controversy in Carolina yet, because it would be ridiculous to suggest so. But it was a pretty impressive performance in a pretty impressive win. Um, and, it, you know, it was a long old night for the Cardinals again. The Cardinals should be an absolute warning to the Miami Dolphins, not because that they tanked to get where they are, but they own they have very few pieces on their team which are truly blue chip talent. Probably, you know, Kyler Murray, if you believe in him, David Johnson, but without an offensive line, he's struggling. Chandler Jones, who had a few good plays. There's not a lot outside. Oh, and Patrick Peterson. There's Larry. Not a lot 
yeah, but you know, this is last season. Yeah, and Larry going forwards at thirty-six. You know, the fact is, is that you can go and get your quarterback, but if there's nothing else around him, you're going to struggle. And I'm not sure Kyler Murray is their quarterback yet, and they are struggling because there's nothing else around him. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't buy into Kyler Murray. I think he's too small. Uh, and that's coming from a bloke who's five foot five. I think he's just too small. How dare to... you not stick up for your small brother? Honestly, I've I've watched a lot of him this season, and I just don't get it. I I don't think that he has what it takes to be a bona fide NFL quarterback. I just I, I'd be happy to eat my words come the end of the season, but if they get more than four wins, I'll be absolutely astounded. Astounded. Well, from the Panthers' point of view, McCaffrey, tough week last week, absolutely bounced back. And yeah, Kyle Allen looks um, looks really, really good. Let's, um, let's now indulge me by finishing the podcast with a bookend of joy after, a big, after an opening <laughs> of joy. The New Orleans Saints 33, the Seattle Seahawks 27. Um, the Saints, you know, only their fourth game since 2006 where Drew Brees didn't start, which is just incredible for a guy who, like Kyler Murray, although he's nowhere near as short as Kyler Murray, but who's meant to be a smaller guy, who was meant to have durability issues, who Miami wouldn't sign because of those durability issues. Pretty incredible. It wasn't the most phenomenal performances. They went, oh, look, here's how you win when you haven't got your starting quarterback. Put it in the hands of your two best players, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Pete Carroll had a weird, weird day. After getting hit <laughs> yeah. in the face before the game and needing stitches, and Russell Wilson, again, had a phenomenal day. 406 yards in the air, 51 on the ground, four touchdowns from him in the process. Bit gunky at the end, though. But they just, yeah, there was a little bit of that. But just between a weird balance between run and pass, between some weird timeout calls, between some weird... I just... Everything about the game from his perspective was a bit odd. And I've, I've said it a lot this season, and I will keep saying it until I'm proven otherwise. It's a Seattle team that completely hangs on Russell Wilson, and sometimes even that's not enough. Yeah. Uh, this is a game that pretty much... Not pretty much, but a lot of people said that the Seahawks, they, you know started 2-0, and they they looked pretty good, they're back at home and the, the Saints, without Drew Brees, are going to go to the Northwest and, and really struggle. The Saints were good, the Saints' defence and special teams were great, you had the punt return for touchdown which kicked things off and I don't think Seattle ever really recovered from that and um, if they can go the next, until Drew Brees comes back, which is I think in six or seven weeks, if they can go at 500 and get Brees back, they can make a late charge for wild cards or maybe even clinch the clinch a, a pretty even and tight division. I, I, I think this is a massive, massive win for the Saints and actually a really big loss for the Seahawks who gave ground to the 49ers and the Rams in, in another really, really tight division. So... Gutting for the Seahawks, but wow, joyous for the Saints. Uh, I think that's us done. We ended up going about twice the time we were meant to, I imagine. Uh, yeah, 42 minutes. So um, a bit of Thursday Night Football preview and then out of dodge. Yeah, so Thursday Night Football, we could have probably done this around these two games. There you go. We, we didn't. We forgot to. <laughs> poor, poor from us. 
poor. Really poor, really poor from us. Um, oh, I missed out on Daniel Jones on the one league where I where I wanted to pick him up. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking through my uh, my fantasy waivers and then commenting on them out loud. Incredibly unprofessional of me. Um, Thursday night football. Oh, the, the 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 Eagles need to get healthy. And this is the worst time for a short week for a team like the Eagles. Honestly, they couldn't it couldn't come at a worse time for them. Is it in Green Bay as well? It's in Green Bay, so they've got to travel. You know, a good six seven hundred miles to get to Green Bay uh, with a banged up team. To players that are ill, players that are injured. They've just come off a demoralizing defeat. The Packers, they don't have to go anywhere. They've come off a win. Rodgers has called out the offense and and himself saying that they've got to do better. Do you know what? I'm thinking this could be a big, big win for the Packers. A, a bouncing Lambeau field. Alshon Jeffrey uh, was a full participant in practice yesterday, which would be massive for them, um, considering what their other pass catchers have done for them. Uh, I got that right, by the way, the Arcega-Whiteside thing. Arcega-Whiteside, two catches for 14 yards. Good for me. Um, yeah, I, God, are the Eagles really going to fall to one and three? I think they're going to cause your offense problems. I think it's going to be tighter than your big, big win, but I'm also going to take a Packers home win. Matthew Sherry on um, the Gridiron Pickham game, editor of the, of the, the magazine and uh, our great liege and leader, uh, he's gone for an Eagles win. So um, get to Gridiron Hyphen magazine and play the Pickham game and see if you can see if you agree with him. Get your, get your picks in early for Thursday night football. I don't hate it. And the reason I don't hate it is because of the same reason that I picked the Jags last week, that they had to win. And there's a lot of talent on that team. Yeah, they were they were in a hole and they needed a win really badly. And they pulled it out, which is what you often see in the NFL. It's the if this was in Philadelphia, I'd be picking an Eagles comeback win. But because it's in Green Bay, I'm taking the Packers. No, fair. Thank you. Well done. Uh, we all know you're taking the Packers, so let's wrap up. Ollie, wonderful stuff. Any final thoughts from you? Yeah, I'm in the studio, and on my screen in front of me is Celez Ferdinand, all of his Premier League goals. What an absolute hero. Um, <laughs> I love him, man. Work. I love him. Wonderful work. Any final thoughts uh, from you? No, I'm all good, buddy. All right. So thank you so Thank you so much for listening at Gridiron on Twitter, at UK Gridiron on Instagram. Uh, you can find us in all the usual places for that. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll have the NFL 100 pod tomorrow. The college pod has already been out this week. The NFL 100 pod, which was hopefully going to be about the Chargers this weekend, but we've been unable to nail down a time with Dan Fouts. Uh, we are potentially looking at doing, because this is something we're kind of putting together today, uh, a little Jaguars expansion special because they play the Broncos this coming weekend. And that was the team that they had that famous uh, massive underdog victory against in the AFC playoffs uh, during their uh, during their early formation so we might take a look a little, little look at expansion teams and I think we've got Jeff Lagerman coming on and possibly Tony Pacelli. so that'll be a fun pod and then we'll be back on Friday yes looking forward to it bud brilliant stuff uh, thank you so much for listening this has been the Gridiron Show <laughs>